Hello and welcome to Word Birds, a birds of a feather conversation amongst people who care about words. Today on the show, we have Brian Nazinski. Brian is the digital marketing manager at Paychex. We're going to talk about content supply chain in a transactional regulated business. We're going to talk about how to rethink and redesign a website for performance and impact inside a business and how AI is and will be impacting content. Let's sit back and get some insight from the flock. Hello, Brian. Welcome to WordBirds. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Fantastic. Let's go ahead and start with our quickfire questions. Amazing content is? Uh, amazing content is one where when the user interacts with it, reads it, watches it, etc., they think to themselves, I have to share this with someone. And whether that's a person that by name or uh colleagues like in their industry, similar titles, similar positions. That to me is amazing content. Concise or descriptive? I would say uh, concise. I would, I I would. I wish I would. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The company with the best brand voice is? Um, The company with the best brand voice is the one where you actually believe what they're saying is genuine. <laughs> um, I think that's the, the it's, I, I can't name one. I think it just, it comes down to consistency. Um, and, you know, one that is uh, brave and willing to stay the course when things don't always look so bright and uh, cheery to, to, you know, all audiences. Best piece of content advice you've been given? Um, the best piece of content advice is to make sure that you ask yourself the question, who gives a shit when you're looking at that content in terms of the who being your target customer. Um, if they don't have a good answer for that, then the content's not good. Fantastic. And when I'm creating content, I always blank. Um, when I'm creating content, I will always, always try to put myself in the shoes of the target and not in the shoes of my title or, or my colleagues and, and their perspective. And also when I'm creating content, I do not look at it in a quiet room where everything is controlled. I will multitask and then I will try to digest that content and then I will see if it actually makes any sense to me. Ooh, that's a- I like that a lot. Um, I think that that's interesting. I mean, when you create something and you sit there and you stare at it and stare at it and stare at it, it makes sense to you mm-hmm. because you wrote it and you're looking at it and right. it makes sense. But if you step away from it, what you're saying, and just do it in a crowd, do it in a loud room, do it in a space where you're doing other things, you're on a call, can you scan this? What is the scannability of your mm-hmm. content and right. does it hold up to that? Right. I mean, you know, one, one of our big, you know, target audiences is, is a small business owner. And what is a small business owner doing? He's running a small business. He's busy, you know, he or she is busy all the time. And, you know, when, when we review content for them, we, we can't look at it in a vacuum where they're sitting quietly and like digesting. They may, you know, get a phone call. They may, 
you know, their kids have to go to bed, you know, something else is going on. So is the, is the, are the others oh, key points really being, you know, looked at? Um, and sometimes it doesn't pass muster. Sometimes we get too, um, you know, too in the weeds with things. So sometimes it's like a, taking a step back and maybe uh, revising something. And, and I mean, I think that's, speaking about your customer base, I, I think it would help to bring everybody into, um, tell me a little bit more about your role and where it sits at Paychex. Sure. So uh, my role at Paychex is uh, running um, a lot of the digital advertising and marketing programs um, that are targeting our, our various target customers. Um, uh, these types of programs are you know, video, display, audio, um, sometimes search uh, is, is, is in there. Uh, search is kind of its own department because it's its own its own beast. It's kind of lower in the funnel. Uh, most of what I'm doing is higher in the funnel. Mm -hmm. um, so it's creating awareness to folks that maybe have never heard of us or in some cases uh, have heard of us, but we want to make sure they have the right impression of us in terms of all the th uh, understanding all the things we can do um, above and beyond just, uh, say, outsourcing payroll is what we're known for um, for a long time. Um, so, you know, we use marketing channels um, that uh, help us enhance the brand that way, help us enhance our messaging. It's interesting. So when you, I mean, I'm using the word content. Do you use the word content? Because content's a problematic term. You're talking about written word. You're talking about video. You're talking about billboards. You're talking about audio. Do you can when I say content, do you batch all that into content or is there a broader term that you use that covers that? No, I mean, I, to me, content is really any, I mean, there's advertising content, but like, I wouldn't like, so an audio ad on a, on a podcast, as an example, I mean, it, it, it's content on the one hand, but it, it serves a function that's different than content marketing, because we wouldn't put an audio ad under content marketing, unless that audio ad is advertising uh, an, uh, like a guide to download as an example. Right. So the guide itself would be considered the content and, uh, you know, to download. So that's content marketing. But if the audio ad is just say advertising paychecks as a whole, just as like an over, like a high funnel, like brand ad, I wouldn't consider that content marketing. Um, of course it, it is a piece of content that we created and wrote and refined. Um, but when we, when I think of content marketing, I really do think of the, um, longer production value of something like a 10 page, you know, paper on, you know, some new rules and regulations in a state or uh, a webinar for an hour. Like mm -hmm. those, that, that to me is content. So the things that live in, in the digital world are more, I, I and I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but more conversion content. Like you've got your things that you've been given mm -hmm. and then demand has the programs that they're running to bring people in and, and digital is conversion. So it's the landing page. It's the thing, it's the trigger for whatever outcome you're mm -hmm. aiming for. Okay. Fantastic. That's because that's the way that I've been talking about it and it's mm -hmm. great to hear that validated by somebody that does that every day mm -hmm. because when we when I'm talking to folks about where content really hits 
you know, where the rubber's hitting the road, mm -hmm. it's in that conversion point. The point of all of this that you're being given is right. to fuel an action. And whether that action is just awareness or time on page, or that is a click or a lead creation or a purchase, that's a different thing. Like your content that you're optimizing and building is very different than a long form ebook or even just a general informational web page. Right. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So what role does demand gen play in your day to day? Like where do you live? Is it content marketing is a team digital is a team demand is a team or is there sort of a blend here? Um, so I, I would say demand gen is, is a team. Um, you know, we have people who are focused on just the, um, basically the, what happens when the person has identified themselves by downloading or attending a webinar. So now we, we know them, we have their email, um, we're tracking them. So they've identified themselves somehow. Yeah. Um, that is our kind of demand gen kind of nurture team. Um, they, t they think about what to send them next. Um, email cadence, uh, lead scoring, the whole kind of process. Um, we, you know, in terms of a marketing team, I'm more on the front end marketing side of that equation. So I myself, or I would work with someone who is uh, functioning as kind of a subject matter expert on say uh, a part of our product portfolio. And, you know, let's say um, as a, an easy example, a state mandates that all businesses have to uh, implement a 401k, uh, for if you're of a certain size and there's a deadline. So, um, so now there's a rule change in the state. People have an incentive or a reason to care, uh, about this because they could be not in compliance. Um, so now I would work with people that are, you know, subject matter expert in that. And we would start thinking, okay, so what do these people need to, uh, be convinced that, you know, we're the right partner for them. So usually it's education. Um, mm -hmm. well, how do you educate? Well, we'll put on a webinar for, you know, for free for an hour that, um, we offer up some of our smartest people and we have them talk for maybe 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes, offer up 20 minutes of Q and a, um, again, all for free, free registration. Um, they get into our database and that's when, um, the nurture begins. And really the goal is of course, to, uh, you know, let, let people know, you know, we're here for them. Um, you know, we're going to be by their side. That's part of our brand promise. Um, and it's, you know, it's very effective because people, especially your business, your typical business owner, you know, they want to run the bakery. They want to run the pizza shop. They want to run the salon. They don't want to have to deal with compliance and regulation and rules. Like that's the, the hard part of their job that, um, you know, a lot of times they really would love to love to be able to, to get rid of. Perfect. And, and that makes it, it makes so much sense because you've created a supply chain, essentially, the content that's coming in, the campaigns that are that are requesting it, and then the operational aspect of it in the middle to drive the business impact of everything that's happening around you. And without all of those pieces, the other pieces individually don't make as much sense. Right. So how are you what are you doing to enable all of this? Like, what is your martech stack look like um i mean it's pretty it's pretty typical i, I mean well <laughs> i say typical as if everyone is is you know there's an atypical version but i mean so we have marketing automation we have a crm uh marketing automation will track um kind of your 
uh, you know, your lead scoring CRM will be your kind of uh, database of record for people in terms of, you know, are they in our system or not already? You know, are they, is there an opportunity created for them? Um, is there, what's the history? So, you know, those are, are two of the, the biggest ones. Um, we work with agencies and different various ad platforms, of course, Google and, and the big ones like, you know, Facebook, there's no surprise there right. um, in terms of ad delivery um, and, you know, ad tracking on the front end. And, and then, you know, those are kind of the major pieces. Um, we're always looking and thinking about the future and trying to figure out, you know, what is the, the next um, you know, piece that we can add to that puzzle that really can help us, uh, with tracking, um, you know, attribution tracking is a big one, um, you know, that we're always looking for because we want we always want to understand, um, how everything all works together. Um, because we know that, um, people are, are multifaceted. They're using multiple devices. They're not just sitting in one place at one time. Um, and it may take them a long time before they really start interacting with us. So, um, yeah, so we're always adding to the stack and, and reevaluating. Well, okay, so the question that everybody asks everybody right now that touches content, what are you doing with generative AI? So yeah, so with 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 AI, so nothing in the images or video space right now. Um, I mean, you know, we with our business, there's not a lot of like strong imagery that we can't already find. Mm -hmm. Because of, you know, the, the nature of what we do doesn't have a lot of strong image association to it. Right. Um, you know, uh, so that, that so image on the image side and, and video, not not much yet. Um, on the content side, um, nothing really official yet. Um, I mean, we don't have, um, you know, we have, you know, we have writers on staff and, and through other partners that we utilize. So, you know, and, and we also, you know, we're, we're very heavy on compliance. Um, because, you know, what we say, uh, we always review through compliance because, uh, you know, what we say is incredibly important in terms of having to align with, um, you know, either federal or state laws and rules and regulations and, you know, not making any claims that uh, we can't back up. So, um, you know, we're we're probably more careful with things like that going in um, than, say, businesses that aren't as uh, you know, there aren't in those industries that have to follow those types of rules. Yeah. And it is a challenge for financial services. As we talk to more and more companies about generative AI, it, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating new toy and at an individual level, we're all playing with it, but right. as a business, the risks far outweigh the reward right now. There's a lot yes. of, a lot of space for enterprise software companies to come in and, and make it safe for the business. Uh, but in most cases, uh, the solutions that are available today aren't aren't there. So it kind of takes some of the wind out of the sails of, hey, this is going to be really neat. Well, it is eventually. Yes. Right now, it might serve you really relevant information or it might just tell you something completely fake and you have no idea. You just have to believe it. So that's a huge business risk. I, th I think um, like because I've been thinking about a lot with AI and stuff, I think um like, you know, in our case, and I would imagine a lot of other companies' cases, like there's kind of a there's kind of a rule set, if you will, like around content in terms of like, here are the things you really can't say, here are the things we don't want to talk about. Um, and it goes above and beyond like the branding um, or the brand voice. It's more around, um, you know, the style and then even the topics. And 
eventually someone's going to come out with a product. Um, I'm already giving someone ideas for free here, but um, <laughs> someone's going to come out with a product that is going to allow a or train kind of a like a chat GPT, you know, specific for our business where the parameters are, you know, um, understood and programmed in and refined. And um, it doesn't necessarily need billions and billions of inputs to create cohesive content. It just needs to take what it has and kind of run it through the lens of how we want to create content. And it kind of gets to be a trained kind of content producer and, and writer, if you will. I try really hard to not talk about my product during these episodes. But I'm gonna make an exception because you just described the press release that I launched two days ago. Uh, so on, on Wednesday morning, uh, we announced AI Enrich for Acrolinks, and it okay. does exactly what you say. So you already understand the guidelines that we create. So mm -hmm. all of the clarity, consistency, and character of your content. Now envision you identifying the collection of content in your business that you want to use to generate additional content, to generate short pieces, email campaigns, whatever it is. So let's just say it's your blog. Right. We can identify and train, tune your own language model based on that blog. And then the generative output complies with your guidelines. Hmm. So it's not just your content being used to create new content. Right. The content that it creates is aligned with your clarity, consistency, and character so that it works the way that your business works. So right out of the gates, you're creating aligned content with everything else. So you're not breaking the model. A, you're not bringing in content from outside. And B, the content that you do create that is aligned with your idea is aligned with your style guidelines. Anyway, I don't need to linger on that, but that is, that is a thing that <laughs> well, just well, happened. Well, but I actually do have a question because there, there's an, an, another interesting kind of concept with that too is... Um, is that system closed so that you, anything input into that system is not then part of any type of cloud yes. infrastructure or available to anyone else? Yes. Okay. We're no. not using yeah. ChatGPT. Right. So right. that would be a is, concern of some. You're company. not training anybody else's model other than your own. But I digress. Sorry yeah. to everybody that's listening. We've gone. This is probably 50 episodes into the show. This is the first time this has happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm part of the first. <laughs> anyway, um, let's go back to you, because I think one of the things we haven't talked about is you led an initiative recently uh, to redesign and replatform the entire Paychex website. A, why? B, how do you even start that project? So it was a few years ago, um, and, and but 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 the the methodology is definitely still relevant. Um, so really, what it, it ended up being was kind of um, the concept of asking the question: Does the current website, and this is relevant for any business, does the current website adequately reflect how we're a going to market and b how our customers want to buy from us? So those two dichotomy, those two forces, if you will. And essentially, um, in, 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 in the years I've been in this, in this industry, those two forces have generally kind of been kind of like this, if you will, kind of, um, if you're listening, I'm pushing my, my, uh, my, my fist together. It's kind of at, at kind of a, uh, a conflict because you have kind of your, your naming conventions for products, your sales conventions, your strategy you're, you're everything which is which is of course is fine but then you have kind of and that's kind of top down and then bottom up you have how people want to buy and 
um, you know, the project that we went through was a lot of trying to balance both. And a lot of that in larger companies is really um, uh, inclusive of keeping, uh, getting representation from a lot of different parts of the business and keeping them engaged and informed through every step of the process. So when we had research that showed, you know, um, you know, something about the website that uh, wanted, you know, the customers wanted XYZ on the website, whatever that may be, we would then make sure that that part of the company, whoever was part, you know, in that part was informed of that and shown that and said, look, these are what our customers want. Now, I understand you may not be able to give them all of what they want, but how much can we give? What what kind of leeway do we have? And and that kind of, it's it's that meeting in the middle. It's that compromise. Um, because, you know, not everyone's going to get everything that they want from a customer standpoint. Um, but also, we really have to make sure that we're giving them um, enough so that they're, you know, the website's actually working hard um, in terms of either conversion and, and branding and things like that. And that, I mean, I think that's the whole balance is I feel like our website is very informational and we have very limited conversion points. And I think a lot of people that sit in my seat think that about their company's website and identifying that balance of, I need to deliver information, but this thing needs to work. Like this is a thing that's supposed to create something and how do we create more out of it is, has always been a huge challenge and, and identifying the pathway that you follow to get to that balance point is, that's a tough one. Yeah, no, and, and it is, and it's, it's always constantly changing. Um, it's, it's never done. Um, I mean, the, the site's been through iterations even since then, um, that I haven't been personally involved with, but, you know, have seen and, and understood and, you know, there's other elements and factors like natural, like search engine optimization, you know, natural traffic, um, non-paid, making sure that pages are optimized for certain topics and certain words and the way people are searching. And, you know, a lot of times that's not necessarily the, the way, you know, product people are naming things. And, and, you know, sometimes that just, you know, creates a conflict and, mm -hmm. um, it's always helpful to have data as another piece of advice to anyone. Um, it's also helpful to have search data um, to show and say, look, you know, if we want these folks who are searching for this thing that, uh, you know, 100,000 times a month and we name it something else, we're losing all of those people. And, and if you're OK with losing all those people and all that revenue, that's fine. But like, that's what I'm presenting to you now. Here is the data behind that. And. That usually will, um, you know, cut through a lot of the opinion-based, um, you know, arguments. Right, right. Perfect. Let's get to the fun part of this. So PSOTD, provocative statement of the day. Everybody in the content space seems to have something that they hold close to themselves that they think they believe and maybe nobody else does. What's your provocative statement of the day? Um. Like I exhaled like I was going to take a free throw in the in the finals. Um, <laughs> I think that there's it's around AI, and I think that we're you know you you, you there's a lot of people going back and forth about AI. You know, it's going to take everyone's job. It's not going to take everyone's job. I'm going to probably lean on the side that it's going to replace a lot of folks not soon because there's a lot between today and where that has to be but i never like when when i don't look at the current state and say oh 
that's not going to replace anyone's job because that's not the way you look at these things. You look at these things and go, this is version 1.0 or maybe, you know, public version 1.0. And they've already improved on it in, in less than six months in some regards. So add in six years, you know, add in five, six, 10 years. And now all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, <laughs> this thing's going to be a lot bigger than it is right now. And I think that in the content space, you're going to have a lot more AI creating a lot more versions. And then a lot of it's just going to be tested and just sent out into the wild and optimized. Like there's the, the, the level of guesswork that's involved in creating ads, content, you know, videos, et cetera, that exists today, I think is going to be um, almost eliminated and, and it's going to happen probably sooner than, than people think. And, and, and I'll further the, that statement by saying that it, it's going to get harder and harder and harder to detect fake, you know, videos that are, and I'm not talking about deep fakes per se, but like AI kind of created video content right. um, than ever before. Um, I think that, you know, we're going to have some real issues uh, in, in, I don't know when, cause I'm not that smart, but um, <laughs> I mean, I know it's, we're going to reach this point where it's going to be almost impossible to, to tell the difference. Fantastic. I, um, I love that provocative statement of the day. Brian, thanks very much for being on the show. Loved having you and we'd love to get you back here sometime. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity and, and best of luck. Fantastic. Thanks for listening to Word Birds. Word Birds is hosted by Chris Willis, produced by Charlotte Baxter-Reed, and brought to you by Afrolinks. For more information on Afrolinks, visit www.afrolinks.com.